This is a presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu. You're listening to The Assist with Trevor Hart. All right, welcome back. So uh, this week has been pretty exciting. We have a new national champion, UConn, and also LSU for the women's side. Um, we So we're going to talk about those. But first, we got to talk about how, for some reason, no one let me know, or I don't think it was announced, until after I recorded the episode last week that Gene Katie's getting into the Hall of Fame. So God talk about Coach Katie and uh, his impact on everything. So, uh, yeah, let's go ahead and jump into it. All right, Coach Katie finally getting into the Hall of Fame. Um, something that I didn't know if it would happen, to be honest. Um, I knew Coach Katie's impact was huge and on basketball and how – you know, he he's done so much for the game. But a lot of people in that Big Ten era of the 80s and 90s get overshadowed by night. And um, it's great to see Coach Katie recognize, I mean, going into the Hall of Fame to be enshrined as one of the best to ever do it um, is super special. And, man, just cannot wait for the ceremony. Uh, hopefully I'll get to see his Hall of Fame speech. If not, it'll most likely be posted somewhere to watch it. I don't know if they'll have it on air or not. Um, yeah, man, just want to talk about Gene Cady. Born May 21st, 1936. This is all coming from uh, college basketball reference. Went to Kansas State, graduated in 1958. Uh, 27 years of coaching at major schools. A win-loss percentage of 656, 550, and, and 289. At Western Kentucky, went 38-19, and then going on to Purdue just after two years to go 512 and 270. Seven-time conference champion, one-time tournament champion, NCAA tournament, 18 years, 19-18 and 18 record. Unfortunately, no Final Fours, no championships. But those teams were incredible. Just seeing all the great teams. I mean, Purdue three-peating as Big Ten champions was huge back in the day. Uh, I remember I had T-shirts. They're actually my dad's T-shirts. But for me to wear them, I wanted to wear them because I always used to play Basketball on the mini hoop as Purdue, so I wanted to have different shirts, like there were different jerseys, but the really cool ones didn't fit me, so my mom cut them, cut them so they would fit me. They were more like crop tops on me, but I didn't really care. But uh, I really wish that uh, I didn't. I don't know if I convinced her at all. Maybe she just did it. Um, but I really wish that didn't happen because those shirts were awesome. I, those were shirts I would be wearing pretty much every day if uh, they fit me, and I didn't cut them. So, yeah, three Peters Big Ten champions for the regular season, huge. Uh, going, like I said, he played, not played, coached two years at Western Kentucky in the Ohio Valley Conference. Second year, he went 21-8, and eight, making an NCAA tournament. And then right after that, gets the job at Purdue in 1980 
and goes all the way to 0405 to where he leaves to be an assistant coach for the Raptors. That was only for one year. Coach K's career was thought to be over, but then all of a sudden one of his uh, former coaches, Steve Lavin, one of his former assistant coaches, Steve Lavin, got the job at St. John's. He said, Coach, I need you on the bench. And he was there. He was there for a good amount of time, too. Um, an amazing player. I keep saying player. Amazing coach, excuse me. I, I guarantee he was a good player, too. Um, the comb over is incredible. <laughs> I have a picture I got it for Christmas last year from one of my cousins. Um, haven't hung it up yet. It's still in my closet. I need to find a place to hang it up. I don't have that much space on the walls. Um, but it's just a picture of Coach K and that comb over, man. I'm telling you, not many people could pull that off. Coach Katie did for sure. Um, just watching videos on Coach Katie is awesome. The passion that he had. Um, the, a video <laughs> I hadn't seen before service after uh, it was announced he was going to make the Hall of Fame. And um, he, he was saying to a ref, because it's in Mackey, he was like, why don't you call that down in Bloomington? That would, make it, that would make the game a lot better for us if you called that down in Bloomington. <laughs> oh, my God, Coach. Um, Coach Katie technically coached during my lifetime. I never watched basketball at that point. I think I started watching basketball at like age eight or nine. Um, most likely nine because that was like Robbie Hummel's freshman year. And that was what really made me like basketball that much. But, you know, coach Katie going 25 years, like 24 and a half, call it 25 years at a big 10 school. Yeah. It, it's more common than not. I would say in the big 10, like Knight was there for a long time. Izzo is getting up there. Izzo is up there. Izzo's been there a long time. Um, but, you know, it's just not one that you do see all that much. And I think maybe the Big Ten is like the pinnacle of college basketball, I think. I think if you leave the Big Ten, if you're at one of those bigger schools to, for another job, I think you're crazy. Um, like Shrewsbury going to Notre Dame, that makes sense. Notre Dame is an institution. He was at Penn State. You know, you're not going to get that many recruits. You're going to get recruits in Notre Dame. So that makes sense. But to get Katie to leave, he had he had an NBA job. And I think he did the smart thing. He became an assistant coach and not a head coach because college coaches don't track in the NBA as head coaches. So uh, good on him for that. He was only there for one year in the NBA, though. I already mentioned that. So a uh, coach, I mean, if you look through his – you know, speech, not speech. I am all over the place. If you look through his coaching tree and everything that's going on, man, he had such a career that people, it's so underrated. And that only I think Purdue fans know, maybe Big Ten fans in general, but God, I Purdue fans real, truly know. Um, so the whole class now, Pau Gasol, Dwayne Wade, Dirk Nowitzki, Tony Parker, Gene Bess, David Hickson, Greg Popovich, Becky Hammond, Gary Blair, 
and Jim Valvano, which surprised me. I was surprised Jimmy V was not in the Hall of Fame. Um, I don't know, man. It, it took time, I guess. Um, because, I mean, the 83 championship team for MC State is so incredible. And the fact that, you know, even as posthumously right after Jim died, I was surprised he wasn't in because, I mean, that speech that Jim Valvano gives at the ESPYs, I watched that, like, a couple times a year. It's just a great motivator, um, an incredible speech given by someone who, to be honest, is dying up there on stage. He mentions He says in the speech he's got tumors all over his, all over his body. He would die, like... Later that year, I don't think that much longer after the speech, he died of cancer. And, you know, just to have that impact, the V Foundation is an incredible foundation. Uh, V Week is one of the best weeks in college basketball you can have. It's just beyond his coaching career. I was surprised he wasn't in the Hall of Fame, but he will be in. Uh, And then the 1976 U.S. Olympic team, Women's Olympic team will be getting in. Um, yeah, Coach Katie, man, his coaching tr- coaching tree among notable coaches that served under Katie's direction. This is coming from si.com. Uh, Bruce Weber, who was at Illinois in the Big Ten there for a while. Uh, Kevin Stallings, who I know mainly from Vanderbilt. He was on Purdue's bench. Steve Lavin, we mentioned he was at... St. John's, I think he went to UCLA also. Now I think he's out uh, down the West Coast somewhere. I can't remember the school at the moment. Maybe San Diego. I think that's where he is now. Conzo Martin, who played for Coach Katie, um, he coached at Cal, California. He uh, recruited and coached. I don't know if he recruited, but, I mean, he was announced as a coach when he went there. Jalen Brown was at Cal when Conzo was there. Same with Ivan Rabb. That was a big class. Uh, they Ivan Rabb didn't do much, but Jalen Brown is an all-star. Then he goes to Missouri where it's all right. You know, he got Michael Porter Jr. and uh, Jonte Porter there. But, yeah, Conzo, amazing. And, of course, Matt Painter. I mean, he's been the head coach at Purdue since Katie left. He handpicked him. Here's an interesting coach Katie. Let's see. He lettered in three sports at Kansas state football, baseball, and track and field. He was drafted by the Pittsburgh Steelers in the 19th round of the 1958 NFL draft. Did not see any action in the NFL though. Guys coaching started in high school out in Kansas, worked his way up to different colleges. Then he joined the staff at Arkansas and they went to the Final Four in 78, and then Co- Coach Katie immediately got the Western Kentucky job, and he was there for two years. And then on to Purdue. And Purdue is in a weird spot. Uh, in 1980, Joe Barry Carroll is the number one pick in the draft. So, you know, you have to deal with losing that good of a player, and then he just went off with it. In his first year at Purdue, 21-11 did not make the tournament. 
But that's still impressive. Not losing out on Joe Barry Carroll with a new coach and you win 21 games. Super impressive. Uh, 512 games, third all-time Big Ten history, 265 league games, also third in Big Ten. National Coach of the Year six times. Only had one All-American, Glenn Robinson, big dog. But as they mentioned in the article, he's considered one of the top collegiate players in the last 40 years. Katie was on the 2000 Dream Team staff, was an assistant. Uh, Like I mentioned, he was in St. John's for five years under Steve Lavin and the one year in Toronto. All-time record as with an assistant or head coach, 1,065 and 472 for 69.3%. Ten former players or assistant coaches under Katie have all coached at Division I level, including Painter, Weber, Stallings, Lavin, Martin, Alan Major, Link, Darner, Paul Lusk, Austin Parkinson, and Carson Cunningham. This will be the sixth Hall of Fame that Katie is enshrined in. He's in the National Junior College Athletic Hall of Fame, Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame, of course, Kansas Sports Hall of Fame, Purdue Athletics Hall of Fame, and the College Basketball Hall of Fame. Amazing for Coach Katie. Read off his awards. Back on collegebasketballreference.com. CBS Coach of the Year in 81, 82, and 83, 84. Big Ten Coach of the Year, 83-84. Basketball Writers Association, 83-84 Coach of the Year. Big Ten Coach of the Year, 87-88 and 89-90 and 93-94. National, uh, excuse me, NABC Division I Coach of the Year, 93-94. CBS Coach of the Year, 94-95. Big Ten Coach of the Year, 94-95. AP coach year 95-96, CBS coach year 95-96, Big Ten coach year 95-96, United Press International coach of the year 95-96, United States Basketball Writers Association coach of the year 95-96, Big Ten coach of the year 99-2000, then NABC Division I coach of the year 99-2000. So winning Big Ten coach of the year is first time 83-84. And then to win it again in 99-2000, an incredible run for Coach Katie. Consensus All-Americans, Glenn Robinson in 93-94. Playing some of the most games in Purdue history over a season. Most wins in in Purdue history. He was second with 29 wins. And win-loss percentage. 87 88 at Purdue is fifth all time with 87, 87.9. And 93 94 Purdue 85.3 is also fifth for that year. Players who have played for Coach Katie Brian Cardinal drafted in 2000, Russell Cross drafted to 83. Let's see here. Going down the list in basketball reference. Doug Lee in 87. Conzo Martin, 95. Mel McCants went undrafted when he was in the league in 1990. Brad Miller, undrafted, was in the league for 13 years after joining in 99. 
Todd Mitchell, one-third of the Three Amigos. Didn't even talk about the Three Amigos. One of the more great Purdue teams, the Three Amigos, with Todd Mitchell, uh, Everett Stevens, and uh, Troy Lewis. Incredible trio of players. Todd Mitchell got drafted in 88. Jimmy Oliver drafted 91. Glenn Robinson, big dog, drafted 94, number one overall. Jim Rowinski drafted in 84. Steve Scheffler in 1990. Everett Stevens mentioned him in 88. Incredible players in the NBA, at least drafted or not even drafted, free agents making the NBA. Incredible year. It's span of years for Coach Katie. So glad he's made the haul. Uh, I don't think there's anyone more deserving than Coach Katie. And like I said, I cannot wait for the induction ceremony. All right, and as I mentioned, two new national champions, LSU in the women's side, and then um, Connecticut on the men's side. Overall, my bracket wasn't too bad on the men's side. Uh, I mentioned I had UConn in the final, so that made it got me earned me some points there. Um, the the LSU Iowa game, um, something that it's been a big topic throughout the whole week, and you know, just wanted to touch on the ending of the game, something that. I've been listening to Dan Patrick all week, so this might sound similar to him. But um, something that I think Angel Reese might look back on and be like, yeah, I probably should have handled that differently. I understand Caitlin Clark did the you-can't-see-me thing against Louisville. I get it. And I know a lot of people don't get it because they didn't watch those games or see anything of it. I get it. She did the you-can't-see-me and the possibly her saying "You're, you're down 15, shut up kind of thing. And people are, basketball's competitive. It's what I love about basketball. It's one of the more competitive sports there is. Just where it's a, most times, and sometimes it's a one-on-one game, and it's who's better, and if you're better, you get to talk all the trash you want. I get it. Caitlin Clark doing the you can't see me thing at the end of the game. Maybe she, she I've, apparently she did a Haley Van Lith. Um, People argue it's at the bench. I think it's at Haley Van Lift. Whatever. That's one moment. Angel Reese doing the original you can't see me at the free throw line. I'm fine with. You know, you play a good enough game in which people argue Angel Reese didn't have that well of a game. But your team does a good enough job against a player like that who is considered somewhat cocky. You give it back to her. I'm fine with it. Walking around the floor, chasing her, not celebrating with your team after you win a national championship. One thing people always want when they say, like, what do you want most in college basketball? I want to win a national championship. The team wants to win a national championship. Your team has done it. And you're doing it. You can't see me and pointing at the ring finger as you're going around the floor. And... Kaylin Clark, I mean, she took it. There's nothing she can do in that situation. 
she lost. Everyone knows she lost. No one had to be reminded of it. Maybe do that after the game as you're walking through the tunnel. In her face, though. And I know that a lot of people are saying that people are complaining about Angel Reese because, you know, she she acts different on the floor. She acts herself. I'm fine with her acting like herself. But in a situation like that, individual stuff does not matter anymore. It's the team. You should be over hugging your teammates, hugging your coach, doing anything but taunting in the face of someone who just dropped 30 on you. Kalen Clark had 30 points, and people were calling it a bad game. 30 points sounds pretty good to me in a national championship game, trying to will her team to a win. I don't know. That's all I'm going to say on it. I'm fine with the original. No one seems to want to listen to me when I say I didn't like that, but they don't want to hear the but. The original one at the free throw line, fine. The free throw line is one of the best places to talk trash. It just is. And do stuff like that. But following her around the floor, come on. I, I don't know. Let's go over to the men's side. Um, the final four as a whole was fantastic. San Diego State's winner, game winner over Florida Atlantic. I, re- I wanted Florida Atlantic to win because at that point, if I don't have you picked in my bracket, I'm going for the underdog. I don't care anymore. Um, But yeah, San Diego State does it. An interesting decision by Coach Brian Dutcher in which, I mean, he says that he ran out of plays because they had a timeout left. They had didn't have, like, their top scorers in. And Dutcher goes, I didn't have any more plays, so we just get downhill and get a bucket. It's completely understandable. Um, So he does it. Lamont Butler hits that. Shot to win by one. A great year for Florida Atlantic, by the way. So I think it's a team that throughout the season, we saw them getting ranked and then getting out. They went on two incredible win streaks. No one, I don't, I don't want to say no one because that's, you know, doing the whole population possibly wrong. Um, not a lot of people believed in them. They're like, yeah, they'll make it a couple rounds and they'll fizzle out. We've seen it before um, with teams like this, like Murray State, when they had Isaiah Cannon, they were undefeated. They lose like round one or two. It just, it happens, right? Um, So a great year for them. Every, people are having Florida Atlantic in like their top 25 next year and maybe top 10. And I'm like, I don't know about that. Um. But yeah, so um, an incredible run for Florida Atlantic. Then you got Miami-UConn. That game was what we expected. I mean, UConn was just on a tear. They're like, I think the first team to win each game by at least 12, 13 points. The only one that wasn't 15 was that Miami game. 
incredible. Um, yeah, man. I mean, Sonogo was just too dominant in those games, in which I said that on the podcast when we had Ryan and Colin, to where it was just like, hey, man, so they're Sonogo is just gonna be too tough for these teams. I mean, they got everyone's saying they got NBA players. I would hold off on that. I think Jordan Hawkins will be a solid bench player. Andre Jackson has bounce um, when he's available. And, you know, he's – but sometimes a shot can be a little off. Um, Joey Cal- Calcaterra is incredible. His jump shot – I don't think he'll make the NBA, but his jump shot is something to where he'll be really good at maybe in the G League. Um yeah, but that game was – it was never close. I mean, it was tied throughout the second half in terms of scoring. Each team scored 35. But, you know, Connecticut had a 13-point lead at half. So, a little too late on that. Isaiah Wong had 15. Nigel Pack had 8. You needed more out of Pack, I think, to have a chance in that game. An incredible run for Miami, too. Another team that, like – Sure, they won the ACC, but we were like, yeah, the ACC sucked this year. So that happened. They did great this year. Beat IU, which is the only thing I really care about. Um, then the championship. UConn, San Diego State. It was the first Final Four to not have any top three seed, which is incredible to think of the whole tournament. This is the first time it's happened. No one seed made the, the Elite Eight. So makes me feel better. Um, San Diego State, UConn, a four against a five. Lamont Butler had 13. Same with Darion Trammell. Matt Bradley only had eight. You needed more out of him to have a chance. Same thing that happened with Pack pretty much in the UConn game against Miami. Shaw Johnson at 14. And then for UConn, it was just Tristan Newton had 19 and 10 for a guard. It's someone who was kind of, I don't want to say no one paid attention to, but he was like a sneaky kind of guy who would get, who got those 19 to really will them to win. Sonogo, 17 and 10. Jordan Hawkins, 16 points of his own. Calcaterra, only had six points, but those two threes were huge in the game. Andre Jackson, three points, three rebounds, six assists. That's a that's a really good stat line for him. And UConn's too dominant, man. Oh, my reasoning for UConn making it as far as I did in my bracket was. UConn was, like, the best team in the country going into, like, December and January. And those those months are really important, in my opinion. Uh, and, I mean, the end of the season as well. But the, those, the, be, the end of the calendar year and the beginning of the calendar year are very important because that's where you have those weird stretches of, like, you have holiday, but then you also – have games like the day after a holiday. A great 
run by UConn, getting their fifth national championship, all five of them coming since 1999. And I think everyone is in agreement. UConn is a blue blood now. Five championships over a span of 24 years. That's pretty good. And, like, people argue, well, blue blood is, like, the traditional winners, you know. Duke is considered a blue blood. They didn't start winning until the 90s. So, I think having UConn there is a fair uh, addition. And, man, I'm just... I'm wondering what this team will look like next year. Uh, Jordan Hawkins is most likely gone. Andre Jackson, maybe. Who knows? Uh, Sonogo, I don't think anyone would want him. And I say this so much with centers. Where I don't know if anyone will want him. People are like, what do you mean they won't want him? He's, he's like one of the best players in the country. Yeah, but who uses centers anymore? Um, I mean, Sonogo, he's really good, really dominant. He's a little short for a center when it comes to the NBA, which might help him more than anything. But he can't really step outside. He had those couple threes against Miami. Um, But, yeah, man, it's just who would want him? Who would want him? I don't know. Um, Someone might pick him up. Who knows? Zach Eady is another one. Zach Eady won every award possible that was available to him. I don't know if he's going to the NBA. He's seven foot four. Who needs guys like that? And I don't that, that maybe that's me being like, well, I don't want him to leave. I want him for another year. Yeah, but also. Purdue is big man you. I mean, they've had Isaac Haas, Juwan Johnson, A.J. Hammonds. None of these guys have made it in the NBA. Granted, none of them won National Player of the Year. But I do think that, uh, I don't know, just no one wants centers like that anymore. And... Edie, again, needs to have a touch outside. I think he does a good job at the free throw line, in which Edie says he can be better at the free throw line, which is incredible. Um, He needs to step outside, needs to be able to hit those shots, um, maybe be more of a good defender going east and west. I think people can get around him easily if he's out on the perimeter. But, yeah. Who knows? Who knows what this team will look like? It's it's tough to say. UConn's still going to be good. Trust me on that. They're going to bring back most of the guys from this championship team. And maybe they'll add guys in the transfer portal. There's always there's already some big names out there in the transfer portal. So we'll just have to see. And with that, that will be it for this week's episode. Just want to thank you for listening. Congratulations to LSU and UConn. And, of course, to Coach Katie and everyone else making the Hall of Fame. That's an incredible achievement for everyone. This time of year is great for recognizing amazing talent. So just be sure to follow me on Twitter at DFR00. I'll talk to you next week. Peace.
Thanks for listening to this presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu.